Welcome to Expert Views on Alternative Dispute Resolution, a podcast about simplifying ADR in a bid to attract more and more users to the process. My name is Chinwe Stella Umebolu. I am a PhD ADR student from the University of Brighton, United Kingdom. I am super, super excited to welcome Ms. Um, professor Emilia Onyema, a professor in international commercial law at SOAS, University of London. She is a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators, qualified to practice law in Nigeria and as a solicitor in England and Wales. Professor Nyema is a member of the Lagos Chamber of Commerce International Arbitration Centre, the Lagos Court of Arbitration, and the Advisory Committee of the Cairo Regional Centre for International Commercial Arbitration. She presides over the Advisory Committee of the Libya Centre for International Commercial Arbitration. She is also a member of various professional associations, including the Nigerian Bar Association and the International Bar Association. She convenes the SOAS Arbitration in Africa conference series and publishes um, the Arbitration in Africa survey and co-author of the African Promise. She has also published various books and articles on alternative um, dispute resolution. Can I also chip in that she is my mentor and one of the main reasons I'm researching on the multi-door courthouse in Nigeria. Welcome to the show, Professor Onyema. Thank you so very much uh, for the very, very kind introduction. And uh, I'm very, very pleased you're pursuing this PhD research. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ma. So I have a um, couple of questions lined up for you. Um, the first question is, what is alternative dispute resolution? Uh, thank you very much, Chima. Uh, so alternative dispute resolution, I think I'm going to answer it uh, in two stages. Yes, I think yes. the first thing we need to ask ourselves is alternative to what? Mm -hmm. Because then that would determine the, the, the answer. So if we look at it as alternative to litigation, then every other method of resolving disputes outside of litigation, the court system, would fall within ADR. Mm. If we look at it as, as an alternative to adjudicative processes of dispute resolution, then it means that anything outside of litigation, arbitration, or yeah. adjudication, or anything where a third party makes a decision for the parties would fall um, would would fall within ADR. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it's always helpful to clarify what the alternative is or, mm. or is related to. Yes. And so so for me and quite a number of arbitration um, lawyers, we would not consider arbitration as falling within ADR mm. because it is a process wherein a third party makes a decision mm -hmm. for the parties. Unlike mediation or conciliation where the third party supports the parties, the disputants, to make a decision for themselves. Mm. 
And, and then the other thing is what you get at the end of the process. Okay. So in arbitration, you effectively get almost what I would call maybe a private judgment. Yeah. You get an award which the courts will back up and enforce. Okay. But if you think carefully about um, mediation, I am aware that things are slightly changing in this space. Mm -hmm. But what you get is you still get an agreement by the parties, that the parties, a settlement agreement that the parties have signed up to, which you then need to go to the courts for the courts to accept mm -hmm. and begin before you start that process mm -hmm. of enforcement and all of that. Yeah. And so it, it's not self-enforcing, if you like. Yeah. It's not the same, it's not the same value mm -hmm. as a judgment. It does not have res judicata effect. And so which is why we sort of resist mm -hmm. arbitration being lumped in the same category mm. as as mediation or conciliation processes. Oh. Wow, thank you so much. This is the first time anyway. That's why you're an, <laughs> an expert in this field. So I've learned and um, I'll be very well. I'm going to insert it into my work immediately. Thank you so thank much you. for that. You're um, most welcome. So the second question is, how did you start your journey as an ADR practitioner or academia? Okay, thank you very much. I, I, I was called to the Nigerian by 1989. So that's almost um, 30 something or 30 years ago now. I and and I, <laughs> I started out as, um, as a legal practitioner in Nigeria. And one of the things that introduced me to arbitration was the first time I acted as counsel in a construction dispute in an arbitration. And that was what piqued my interest, actually, because in those days, arbitration or ADR was not taught as part of our law degree, not even in the law school. Mm -hmm. And so I then went on to uh, participate in the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators training program. Then we were trained by uh, Mr. Mururu, who came in from Kenya. Okay to train us and and so just went through that journey with uh with arbitration but i really didn't do i didn't start sitting as an arbitrator or i wasn't actively engaged mm -hmm. until i came to the uk mm -hmm. to do my phd and that's when i engaged more with the london branch of mm -hmm. this um chartered institute of arbitrators and that's when i sort of um i also with my research in arbitration, yeah. got a lot more involved mm -hmm. in arbitration and um, wrote, did the tutoring and all of that. Yeah. And then um, started getting appointments. I also had participated in the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators in the early 2000s. They had a mentoring scheme. Okay. And I had a mentor that I had sat in on um, one of his arbitrations. Mm -hmm. and, and so, um, yeah, so that's how I got involved in arbitration mm -hmm. primarily. So started out as counsel, mm -hmm. uh, then got involved as um, an academic, mm -hmm. doing research, teaching, yeah. and then now sitting as arbitrator and also uh, consulting and acting as expert witness. Okay. 
All right. Oh, thank you so much. So, um, throughout your journey, um, have you had any cause to doubt the effectiveness of ADR? Um, no. So for mm -hmm. me, um, I think, uh, let me split that question into two. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about ADR and we sort of think of mediation, okay. uh, I've done just one mediation as a mediator uh, and uh, as a family in a family uh, related dispute. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't consider myself um, very much in tune with mediation. <laughs> I do, you know, it's 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 actually quite difficult mm -hmm. uh, doing that. Yes, uh, but if we if we sort of think of mediation, I think it's a very useful tool. Hmm. I think that it's a tool that actually empowers the parties. Yeah. You know, it, it's like thinking of the information age that we are at in now. We were bombarded by so much information, but it, because we take on more responsibilities because we then need to at least see what we yeah. all the information we're receiving and we're forced to think mm -hmm. and at least critically engage with the information we're receiving to know whether does this make sense to me yeah. for me to believe it and what should I do with it okay. uh, 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 and, and that's what mediation does for the parties mm. in mediation you don't effectively hand over your dispute to your legal representative, mm -hmm. you are engaged in that dispute. Mediation wants to, if you like, look at the parties. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that would be beneficial to mm -hmm. that party mm -hmm. and to the other party? And that's why we, we, we sort of talk about this win-win uh, uh, situation, situation uh, yeah. a solution mm -hmm. and outcome. And because sometimes, you know, it's just an apology. Mm -hmm. That's all that the person wants. Yeah. Or in commercial mediation, it might be okay. Let's not terminate the contract. Okay, fine. Can I supply something else yeah. or a longer period? So there are imaginative solutions with the commercial mm. outcome in view. Yes, ma'am. Now, in arbitration, for me, I think that depending on the jurisdiction and de depending on the you know how important that particular dispute is to the parties it might be that it's that ability that you have um people who are knowledgeable either mm -hmm. in the law yeah. or in the subject matter of the dispute mm -hmm. making a decision quickly mm -hmm the speed with which the decision is made because, you know, commerce doesn't stop. Yeah. People don't stop buying tomatoes just because the people who make tomato paste are having a dispute. No, yeah. people need to buy tomato on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and so, so, so for commercial parties, it's important that the dispute is resolved within a very reasonable and really actually quite quickly mm. now if you go to 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 litigation again depending on jurisdiction yes. so mm. if both of us share the nigerian jurisdiction so yes. if we look at nigeria for example and you're going before the judiciary the delay i mean the time it takes yeah. just to go through and get a decision 
is horrendous. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. And, and that's the first thing. The second thing, unfortunately, you'll find is that people, you know, might not be very satisfied yeah. with the quality yes, of the judgment they have got. But one of the good things with arbitration is that we make arbitrators make reasoned decisions. Mm -hmm. An arbitrator is not just going to come up and say, okay, you know, Chinwe, I prefer Chinwe's uh, submissions yeah. to Emilia's submissions. So yes. Chinwe wins. <laughs> Hello, how did you arrive at that decision? Mm -hmm. You want to read it in such a way that it actually makes sense. You can see, okay, I can see why I lost. Yes, but it, not in all court judgments, you get that. Some You read some court judgments and it's like the, res, the claimant said, the respondent said, and it's copy and paste. And, mm -hmm. and you're asking yourself, okay, yeah, okay, I know what they said, but how did you apply the law to arrive at this yeah. you know yeah. how how did i lose and and it's when people can't understand how they lost that we then become quite lazy and the next best thing is to say oh the judge was influenced mm -hmm. rightly or wrongly yes. uh, and uh, and it's simply because we can't see we can't we're reading this judgment we don't understand how come we lost? And, and all of that prolongs the process. And then, of course, the downside mm -hmm. to all of this is that arbitration is expensive. Mm. That is the truth. Arbitration mm. is expensive mm. uh, uh, because uh, the parties pick up all the costs. And uh, mediation is not as expensive. There's some mediators that are very, very expensive, but mediation is a lot faster as well. Mm. And so uh, how then would parties know which one to opt for? Mm. I think that there isn't a silver bullet. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the, the parties need to have a good understanding of what they're disputing over. Mm. And then also have a good understanding of what they want out of that dispute, the sort of outcome that mm -hmm. they, they want. Then that all of that, it's a basket of all sorts of considerations that parties need to engage with to mm -hmm. enable them determine what which of the processes or mechanisms uh, or dispute yeah. resolution uh, yeah. um, tools would be best yeah. for them. Okay, thank you so much for that. Um, so what is the career progression in ADR? Well, again, so let's split it up again, uh, <laughs> it, 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 whether as arbitrator. Okay. Uh, arbitrator is a little bit more formal yes, than media okay. mediation, but even then there's lots of practical training mm. that those who have an interest yes. in, in resolving disputes can go through. For me personally, the way I look at it is that there isn't that distant, uh, it's not like going to the bench where maybe you can start out as a magistrate and then you move up the ladder yes. or you get appointed directly from legal practice into the high court mm -hmm. and then you move up the, the ladder. Yeah. There isn't such a, 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 you know, 
a career progression, if you like, okay. in alternate in dispute res in alternative dispute resolution. Mm -hmm. So that when you want to, you, you know, you want to act as a neutral. So let's just use neutral for both arbitrators and mediators and conciliators. Mm -hmm. Then the question uh, becomes: What I think you need to ask yourself: What would the parties be looking for mm. in the person they want to appoint? So if you like, walk your way backwards. So if I want to be appointed as a mediator, what sort of mediator, what would the parties be looking for? I think the literature and what we hear in conferences and mm. what for a lot of people's experience, including mine, mm -hmm. uh, uh, have all borne out is that Parties generally want somebody who has some subject matter expertise. Okay. What that therefore means is that you can't just wake up and say, hmm. I'm going to become an arbitrator because, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah it's yeah. true that yeah. you might not require any pre-qualifications, but nobody is going to take a risk. Yes. On, on on you if you have no clue what anything is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think it's either people you have some expertise in mm -hmm. uh, a particular law, international law, national law, whatever, you have that, or you at least have subject matter expertise. Okay. So it's either you're knowledgeable in construction or you're knowledgeable in mining laws, okay. mining practice or something, which mm -hmm. means that you would have maybe worked in a law firm or worked as in-house mm -hmm. or even done research and teaching, yeah. but you know you, you're knowledgeable. Exactly. Because if you think about it, yeah. why would the parties walk up to the street the example i use for my students i say you can go to the bus stop and ask the bus driver to be your arbitrator yes, but why would you want to ask a bus driver for example yeah. who has never seen um maybe um uh, uh, a standard form contract on anything yeah. to be your arbitrator mm -hmm. Yeah. You can do that, mm. but it, that's not a wise step Decision. to take. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so, so if the dispute is about two bus drivers or how you drive a bus, maybe the bus driver is your best candidate yes. because he has an, a clear understanding and knowledge of what it means to be a bus driver mm -hmm. and what the bus driver, a bus driving entails. So I think with that ex sort of example, yes, I think that's a good way to sort of conceptualize, conceptualize it. Yeah. And so once we know that, then the question becomes, okay, so we know the end point, we know what the parties want, the sort of people the parties want to appoint mm -hmm. then you walk your way and prepare yourself and ensure that you can deliver yeah. on that choose one or two particular areas there are lots of people in the field mm -hmm. so once you know you have that or as you are acquiring that the other thing is publicity people need to know that you have those skills. Mm -hmm. People need to know that you can do qualitative work. Yes, and, and so, you know, yesterday we had uh, a first conversations with Professor Idonije, and mm -hmm. he was telling us how he got 
his appointments as arbitrator. And mm. he, basically he was saying, you have to be known. Mm. You know, and okay. how do you get known? Again, an opportunity comes to speak at a conference, grab it. Yes, ma'am. Do a lot of research, prepare yourself, yes, and, and you do that. You're doing, you set up the pod, this podcast series. Yes, That's been imaginative, using current technology. Yes, People can write blogs mm. on cases yes, and, you know, with webinars, people can, people who do Twitter and all of that yeah. can speak on current law, yes, current ma'am. regimes, whatever it is they're interested in and post it mm -hmm. it's so it's you know it's easier to find people and to find information and so you you want something qualitative so mm -hmm. that when people are listening they know you know what you're talking about and then one day there's always that one day where somebody would say I'm going to appoint this person. Oh. I've heard them speak or, you know, I've yeah. read their articles or whatever. Yes, and then that is your breakthrough. Mm. That is where you do an excellent work. It's not, you don't give it 99%. No, you give it a hundred and a hundred, 200%. Yes, you, you, you know, you, you do such an excellent work mm -hmm. because it's not that first appointment. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. the second appointment. Yes. When you get that second appointment, then you know mm. that, yes, you will get the third one. You will get the fourth one. And then you start building your portfolio. And one day, you know, it's a question of time. People will move on. People would retire, yeah. people would die. There will be a pipeline. There's yes. a pipeline. New faces will come on board. And it's gradually yes, building up that portfolio. Hmm. Oh, thank you so much for that. So that rules out the second question I had. You know, <laughs> Sorry. So because you covered that. So, the, okay, yeah. So what is your advice to someone that wants to... Okay, no, you've answered that already. So finally, um, what is your advice for potential users of alternative dispute resolution? So for me, for, uh, for potential users, um, I would say, you know, know your dispute. Okay. Know what it is you want to get out of it. Yes, and don't be afraid to try new people. Be because mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of work on diversity. Okay. But they, what we haven't been saying, that is the elephant in the room, mm -hmm. is that those who have an interest in diversifying dispute resolution decision makers mm -hmm. are afraid of appointing a new person mm. that they haven't used before or that, you know, nobody that they know and trust uh, uh, have, have used. Mm. And so the key thing is somebody has to take that risk, take that initial risk. And so, you know, it's, it's a supply and demand thing. Mm. If we are getting ourselves prepared and we're working hard and we're preparing to get that appointment. Yes, Those who make appointments have to take that risk. Hmm. So, so that for me, to parties, it's in your hands to widen the pool, to give, you have to be willing to risk appointing 
a new person, yes. a newcomer who has done some work, who has some experience in other fields. But you have to, they have to take that risk mm -hmm. and, and appoint new faces, new names, new people. And that is the way we can be sure that we're giving equal opportunity, some form of equality of opportunity to everybody, mm -hmm. which would ultimately benefit disputes, uh, disputants much more because they would then have many more people uh, that they can call upon to 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 resolve their disputes. So, so I think that, um, yeah, I think that would be what I would like to to to, to say to disputants. Okay, thank you so much. I know I ruled I ruled out this question, but I think I need to <laughs> still ask it. Sorry, you know <laughs> that's okay. What is your advice to someone that wants to pursue a career in ADR? Um, but I think my advice would be. Um, it's a it's a very it's, it's a long distance race. Yeah. Okay. Um, to to keep doing what it is they're doing, engage in an area of practice. Doesn't have to be only legal practice. Mm -hmm. If they're doctors, if they are engineers, if mm -hmm. they are accountants, because disputes arise from all various sectors yeah. of human endeavor so so they should carry on doing what they're doing get some training some professional training in dispute resolution yes, how to resolve disputes now one of the key things we must remember is that we're human beings mm -hmm. and we all have some degree of unconscious bias we all have some degree of things you know that we lean yeah towards simply because we're human beings mm -hmm. we've been in different environments we have our own personal yeah. experiences and that's one of the major reasons why it's important to get training mm -hmm. because that ability yes. to extricate yourself okay. and your emotion from the dispute before you is it's so it's critical mm -hmm. it is really really fundamental so can you imagine if, for example, you're a woman mm -hmm. and you, you, your, your spouse has been abusive yes. towards you mm -hmm. and you've had that experience and then here you are and they bring before you uh, as a mediator or as uh, an arbitrator or, or conciliator and you have a woman who is leaving her marriage because the husband has been very abusive and the husband is hiding assets or something like that. Yes. It takes you on this, it takes serious professionalism for you to extricate yourself mm. from that dispute uh, to enable you uh, be neutral to enable you ensure that both sides yes. get fair hearing. Yes. And that for me is one of the most important uh, attributes or, or teachings or learnings that we get from taking the professional, undergoing the professional yes. um, training. Yeah. Because that way you begin to even understand, you know, that those things, your own experiences, mm -hmm. Uh, can impact and influence your own decision uh, making. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. 
So thank you very much um, for providing a well-detailed analysis on career in ADR. Um, with the insight you have provided, I believe potential users and people seeking to pursue a career in ADR would make a well-informed decision. Thank you once more. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chinwa. Thank you for all you're doing yeah. and contributing to yes, the knowledge yeah. of ADR. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mom. So Thank to you. my listeners, stay tuned same time next weekend. Bye-bye.